last week of our series called The Haunting. We're starting a new series next week called Friendsgiving. Friendsgiving, and we're going to talk talking about what true friendship looks like, what we should expect from friends. We're going to be talking about how to walk away from what we think are friendships to make ourselves healthier. I'm excited about that series. It's one of the subjects in all my years of teaching. I've never broken that down in an entire series. But today we're in a series called The Haunting where we're talking about things that come along as life is going good, as things are going good, as our relationships are going good, as our personal life is going good, as our finances are going good, as our purpose is going good. These things come along and they pop out of nowhere and they begin to haunt us. We've talked about how to overcome our past. We've talked about forgiving those who have hurt us in this series. Last week we talked about forgiving ourselves for the hurt that we've caused other people. And today we're going to be talking about a subject that I think is so vital. And we're going to be talking about a subject that the minute you hear the word, what is going to happen is 85% of you are going to tune out. Because you're going to think that this doesn't apply to you, but it applies to you. One of my favorite verses in the Bible is in Exodus 3.14. And the Bible says, God said to Moses, I am who I am. Moses asked God, he said, who should I say sent me? And God says, you say I am who I am. This is what you said to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. It's easy to look at that scripture and not really understand the ramifications of that scripture. God's telling Moses, I am whoever you need me to be. When you need a provider, I am a provider. When you're hungry, I'm a chef. When you're sick, I'm a doctor. He he says, I am who I am. I am the shepherd. I am the beginning. I am the end. I am the alpha and I am the omega. Whatever you need from God when you need it is who he is. Throughout the Bible, there are so many different names for God. But one of the names that is used the most, it's used over 60 times, is Jehovah Rapha in the original language. And it literally means the God who heals. He's a healing God today. And one of the things that comes along that we need healing from is a subject that affects so many of us, that comes along and it haunts so many of us. When we hear the word healing, we automatically go to physical healing. And we have a God today that I want you to know who can heal you physically. But God also, listen and don't miss this today, is the healer of emotional healing. Sometimes the emotional healing that we need is much more vital than the physical healing that we need. So many of us are haunted by these things. And one of the things that I think that haunts us the most is our addictions to certain things the hurts, the habits, and the hang-ups that come along and literally imprison us because we put them in our life ahead of everything else. Now, here was the moment where I said 85% of you would check out is when I said the word addiction. Now, this sermon doesn't apply to me. I don't have a drinking problem. That message doesn't apply to me. I don't have a drug problem. Man, that doesn't apply to me. I don't have a pornography problem, the three big ones, that society has labeled under the subject of addiction 
And most of us think, man, it doesn't apply to me. I'm good. Yet we're being controlled by something other than God. Nobody wakes up one day and says, man, I'm going to be an addict. Has anybody here ever woke up and said, you know what? That's what I want to be with my life. I want to be an addict. Anybody at all? I just want to know. I don't want to speak out of turn. No one wakes up one day and says, you know what? My life is going so great. I'm so bored with how amazing my life is. I'm so sick and tired of being blessed by God. I'm so sick and tired of having this great marriage. I'm so sick of being uh, the parent that I am and having great children. So today I'm just going to jack up my life. I have nothing better to do. So I'm going to screw up my life by being so consumed with something other than the life God has for me that I destroy my life in the process. No one takes that first sip of alcohol and says, you know what, man, if I'm lucky, if I'm lucky, I'm going to get so addicted to this alcohol that I can't go a day without drinking. I'm going to become so addicted to this alcohol that I can't even go to large group settings without having a drink. I can't even be around other people without having a drink. Nobody takes their first sip and says, you know what? I hope I ruin my marriage and my relationship with my kids because alcohol is more important. Nobody smokes their first cigarette and says, you know what I hope happens as a result of this cigarette? I hope that I get to the point where I'm smoking two packs a day and I get lung cancer and I die at 60 years old and miss out on my grandkids. Anybody smokers, was that your goal the first time you smoked a cigarette? Nobody says, I hope that I smoke so many cigarettes that I smell so bad that no one even wants to be around me. Someone asked me the other day, said, you think cigarettes will send you to hell? I said, I don't think it'll send you to hell. I think it'll make you smell like hell. Nobody smokes their first cigarette and thinks, you know what? I can't even pay my bills, but by God, I'm going to dig through the couch to find enough change where I can smoke today. But addiction happens. Nobody does their first little friendly wager. Maybe it's during March Madness at the office. Wins a little bit of money and says, holy, I'm going to become so obsessed with gambling that I gamble away every penny that I have and lose everything I have as a result of it. Nobody eats their first piece of chocolate cake. Let's preach close to home now. Says, holy smokes, man, I hope that I eat three pieces of chocolate cake every day. And then go home and eat ice cream every day. And everything that's fried, I throw into my mouth. And I become so overweight and so obese that I can't even go about enjoying my life without losing my breath. I can't even go out in the front yard and play with my kids because my obsession has become food. Nobody sits down as a kid and plays their first video game. They say the biggest addiction out there right now is gaming. Grown people 
spending hours playing video games. And here's the funny thing about addictions. People that are addicted to this laugh at people who are addicted to this. And people who are addicted to this judge those that are addicted. We knew someone, probably the worst alcoholic we've ever known in our life. Gets drunk one night. We have to go to her house. I mean, literally, when I tell you this person lost everything over alcohol, everything, lost her children, lost her home, lost every relationship, used to, like the little um, airplane bottles all in her clothes and everywhere, horrible alcoholic. And we get to her house. She's so drunk she can't even talk. And what she could talk about is she went on, and if I'm lying, I'm dying, a two-hour rambling episode about how horrible drug addicts were. And I'm thinking, my God, at least I don't do drugs. And then I know people who are addicted to drugs, again, have lost everything over drugs. At least I don't, I don't use the needle. You stupid idiot. The bottom line is you have something in your life that is controlling you, and it's haunting you, and you're too ignorant to realize it. Addiction is a powerful thing. <laughs> Man, nobody wakes up wanting to become addicted to something. But we find something, don't miss this, that temporarily helps us to escape the reality of the pain that we're living. Instead of dealing with the pain that we're dealing with, we try to escape the pain that we're dealing with. Nobody wakes up one morning and says, man, I'm going to become an addict. And the reality is all those things that I listed, there's nothing wrong with in of their self. Do I need to switch mics, Barry? Because Carrie's not up here. If I switch mics, is that going to change it, Barry? I'm good. Barry, you out in the parking lot drinking? Barry wasn't even inside. He's outside with the soundboard. Is there anything wrong with drinking? No. Is there anything wrong with having a piece of cake? No. Is there anything wrong with this or that? No. Is there anything wrong with placing a friendly bet? No. The problem is those things control us. As a matter of fact, the Bible says, as Paul says this in 1 Corinthians, I have the right to do anything. But not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything. I have the right to have a drink. I have the right to have a smoke. I have the right to do X, Y, and Z. Also, but I will not be mastered by anything. That word mastered is an interesting word. In the original 
In the original language, again, because the English language is not a very descriptive language, in the original language, it literally means to be controlled by something, to be enslaved by something. And everybody who's an addict in whatever area of their life they're an addict in, you're telling me it's wrong to do this? No. But it's wrong to be controlled by that. When, when someone's addicted to something, they're under the control of that something. They're mastered by that something. They can't function without that something. Though they'll tell you all day long they can. One of the biggest issues now with addiction is social media. Our phones. I am Gary Lamb. And I am an addict when it comes to my phone. I go into withdrawals if it's been about, I start shaking. First thing I do in the morning, check my phone. I can't go. How did we go to the bathroom before phones? There was magazine racks then. Checking in. Kirsten the other day, she said, what are you doing? I'm responding to these work emails. It's 11 o'clock at night. Going to bed. I said, I know, but you just had to run to the restroom real quick, so I thought I'd check real quick. I, said, I can't run the restroom without you working? Most get addicted to work. It's an escape for us. So many people work all these crazy hours, not because they love to work hours, but they don't want to deal with the reality of their home life. So they make up the excuse they have to work all the time. Oh, did I say that? You don't get a lot of amens today, promise me. The addiction can be anything. We go to the, the three big areas and therefore justify that we're not addicted. They're the go-to addictions. And we miss out on these type of messages. But, but Paul came along and said, when anything masters, when anything controls you other than God, you're addicted. I know people who are addicted to their spouse. Wasn't that a good thing, Gary? What happens when the spouse leaves? What happens when the spouse isn't around? Anything that comes in your life before God, addiction. Overeating can be an addiction. Overspending can be an addiction. Overworking can be an addiction. So the question becomes, what has you mastered? What has mastered you? You know what it is. You've already written it down in your mind. Yeah, I, I get it. I, I, I'm addicted to porn. I'm consumed by it. I hate it, but I can't go without watching. Here, after my surgery, I started taking pain medication just to get through that pain. The problem is once that pain left, I kept on taking them. Guy told me the day, he said, my wife hates when I dip. So I'll sneak around and do it. You've got to sneak around and do it. Chances are real good you're addicted. Email, computer game, social media. How about this? Working out. You can be so consumed with your body and your public image that it becomes your God instead of God. A lot of uncomfortable laughing today. 
hits home, don't it? See, we think even something good can become an addiction because we serve a God who's a jealous God, and he says, you'll have no other gods but me. And when you put anything before God, an addiction. That's why it's God, spouse, children. Too many of you get that wrong. And that's why you don't understand why certain aspects of your life are falling apart. What has mastered you? Again, it, it could be the things that seem harmless. Maybe it's caffeine. You can't function in the morning. You can't get through a day. You can't even be normal until I've had my, my coffee. It's mastered you. Energy drink. Is there anything wrong with coffee? No, but the question is, master. I guess I know a lot of people who are mastered by their idea of their appearance. Can't even take a picture without a filter. My wife the other day had a picture taken of her. I literally didn't even know it was my wife. It turned her hair blonde, rounded out her face. I had to double take like, and she didn't take the picture. And there's nothing wrong with filters. The filters are fun, and I'm talking about when you get concerned. I'm fat. Man, you're like 2% body fat. Shut up. Our public appearance becomes our God. The problem in our life, and this might be a controversial statement today. The root of the problem in most cases when something has us mastered is idolatry. We're allowing something besides God to control us. There's an awesome portion of Scripture that we're going to look at today. And a lot of people believe it's kind of a poetic look at addiction. I'll explain it in context. It's Isaiah 44 in the context that you've got a guy who was a carpenter. And the story's going to seem a little bit crazy and a little bit loony, but I'm going to tie it together and it's going to make real sense for you. The guy's a carpenter. And he's cut down some trees and he's took the wood from the trees. Trees, neutral object. Nothing bad about trees. It's like there's nothing bad about working out. There's nothing bad about a piece of cake. There's nothing bad about a beer, and there's nothing bad about whatever. It's a neutral object. And he did some good things with the wood. He made a fire with the woods. He cooked food with some of the woods. He kept himself warm with some of the wood. But then suddenly he took the wood, and he made an idol out of the wood. He made an object out of the wood. And as crazy as it seems, he began to worship the idol that he made. He took something neutral, and it began to consume his life. There's nothing wrong with food, but for so many people, food becomes a god. There's nothing wrong with entertainment, but entertainment becomes a god. So all of a sudden, what happens is that something neutral begins to consume our lives, and it has control over us. Look what it says in Isaiah 44. So he cut down some cedars. Or perhaps he took a cypress or oak. 
He let it grow among the trees of the forest, planted a pine, and the rain made it grow. He used that. He used what the trees that he planted. He used it as fuel for burning. Some of it he takes and warms himself. He keeps the fire and he bakes bread. But he also fashions a god. So he builds this god out of the wood and he worships. He makes an idol and he bows down to it. Half the wood he burns in the fire, over prepares his meal. He roasts his meat and eats his fill. He also warms himself and says, I am warm. I see the fire. For the rest, he makes a god, his idol. And he bows down to it and he worships, prays and says, save me. You're my God. Carpenter takes a neutral object, makes an idol out of the wood, and he begins to worship the idol. Now, it's easy to look and say, man, that guy's an idiot. That guy's real stupid. But we act the same way. Save me, bottle. I can't get through my day without you. Save me. Smoke, I can't. I, I, can't, I need a cigarette. I can't function without it. I was stressed. We got a huge event. First thing goes to the store, you know what I call her? I said, hey, I'm just stressed, man. I need to chill out. Um, came home with some Ben and Jerry's. Almost sad. I had a ice cream and calmness. The calmness that should come from my faith in God. Oh my God. Gotta get. I go get my beard trimmed every Friday morning. Busy this week and couldn't go. So Chris says, I'm going to go later in the day. I drove by, they were slammed. Started getting twitchy. But I got to go to the post office. I'm going to swing back by the barbershop in the parking lot. I said, I don't care. As I'm pulling in, the guy sees me. Friday, text me. Hour and a half wait, man. And I respond back, I don't need a beard trim that bad. But I needed a beard trim that bad. They trim your own beard. I don't trim my own beard. I meet you. I call Christine. I said, I'm just not going to get it. Response from Christine. Great. I said, what? You're going to be in a mood tomorrow at that fact. I said, over my beard? I said, yeah. Over your beard. About 2 o'clock, festival started at 12 and turn. She said, what's wrong? I said, my beard's just I didn't even think about it when I said idle over my appearance. Not one person noticed I didn't get my beard. I just got it trimmed seven days ago. I noticed and allowed it to affect me in an emotional way. How pathetic is that? Our hurts, our habits, our hang-ups take control of us. Save me, God. This guy's an idiot. He's worshiping trees. Yet you're worshiping the bottle. You're worshiping the smoke. You're worshiping food. You're worshiping video games because it's your escape from reality. You're worshiping social media where you can get on and watch a bunch of fake-ass people lie about their lives and you feel bad about your reality when they're not even being honest. Oh, did I say that? 
an idiot. You can't even post a picture without putting a filter on. Controlled by something. We make an idol out of it. Isaiah 40, 14 says, They know nothing, they understand nothing. Their eyes are plastered over so they cannot see, and their minds are closed so they can understand. I don't see the problem. What's the problem? What's the problem that I have a drink every now and then? The problem is you can't function without a drink. Their minds are closed. They cannot understand. I don't have a problem. I don't have a problem. A couple of bets on a game. You lose. A couple more bets on a game to catch up for what you lost over here, and you lose more. I'm not hurting anybody watching this porn. Except you ain't had sex with your spouse in months. Because it doesn't, the reality doesn't meet up with the fantasy of what you're watching online. <laughs> Isaiah 44, 19, no one stops to think no one has the knowledge to understand. You say, half of it I use for fuel. I baked over its coals. I roasted meat and I die and I ate. Shall I make a detestable thing from what is left? Shall I bow down to a block of wood? He said, I didn't, I didn't sit out and say, man, I'm going to make this idol. I'm going to make this thing that I bow down to. The problem is he was looking for the comfort that only God can provide. We're seeking what only God can provide. Yet we're not seeking it from God. Just want to feel peace. He is peace. He's the peace that passes all understanding. I just want to find fulfillment. He's what will bring you fulfillment. I just want to feel love. God is love. But you're looking for it everywhere and anywhere, and you almost get arrogant about God. We smirk when we say we can only find it in God. Yet you can't find it anywhere. I know people who literally can't even come to a family meal without a drink. Can't, can't even get through a meal without it. They don't have a problem. What they mean is I don't get sloppy drunk. I'm not staggering everywhere. They're controlled by it. We're seeking to find what only God can provide in everything and anything but God himself. And we're controlled by it. We're mastered by it. You're stressed. I get it. A lot's going on. I get it. I get it. I very, 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 very rarely drink. That's not one of my issues. Make no mistake about it. I have a lot of issues. That particular one is not one of them. But I just ended yesterday, my busiest month ever. Literally slammed. And when we go in our house to get cups out of the cabinet is where we keep the alcohol in our house. I can't tell you how many times in the last month. And again, there would have been nothing wrong with this. That's not an addiction. But I looked at those bottles of bourbon and I said, man, I'm just going to pour myself a drink tonight. I'm stressed. But I don't ever want to have a drink because I'm stressed. I want to have a drink because I want to have a drink. I'll never forget when COVID hit. I don't even know if you remember this. COVID hit. I'm in the event business. I lost everything. 
When COVID hit and the shutdowns happened, I had six events in six weeks coming up. Probably lost 100 grand. We didn't lose 100 grand. We just didn't make the 100 grand that we were supposed to make. About day six, Christine comes in. She said, you good? Good. I said, okay. She said, you don't ever drink. This is 1130 in the morning. You've been having a drink for six days now. I come from a family of addicts. I'm going to be honest. I'm not trying to offend you. I'm not trying to cuss you, freak you out. That scared the shit out of me. I made a commitment. I said, just to, I just needed to know for my own self. I said, I, 30 days, I am not having a sip of beer. Was there wrong that I was having? I wasn't anything wrong with what I was doing, except that I was masking the stress in my life instead of going to God with the stress that I was putting something above what God should do. I think I've had two drinks in the last 18 months. And not because, again, I had some issues, because I don't give a crap about it. But I will tell you this during COVID. The COVID-15 was about the COVID-30 for Gary. I discovered this amazing thing at Sam's. In the frozen section, it's about this big, about this round of the most fantastic cookie dough you have ever ate in your life. We mastered it, man. Nine minutes, 13.9. And I bet I went through 50 tubs of those cookies in the last year and a half. We just changed from Sam's to Costco. Me and Emily at Costco today are getting irritated because we can't find the tub of cookies. If I'm like, when it was all sitting there, we made up other reasons. I looked at said, we're going back to Sam's. Like, why is it? I, I blamed it on Gatorade. They don't even have Gatorade here. I'm jonesing. Where's my cookies? <laughs> Being mastered by something laugh about that because we don't think there's anything wrong with cookies. Your blood pressure can't get your pants buttoned. Son wants you to go play football with him in the front yard and you're breathing hard after three minutes. Or you don't have the energy and the motivation to do the things you're supposed to do. Isaiah 44, 19. No one stops to think consequences of what I'm about to do when I become mastered by stress. I need peace. Brought me peace. I just need to relax. Everybody wants to know my opinion on marijuana all the time. I'm going to tell you my opinion on marijuana. Ready? God made it. Oh, stop, 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 stop. But the Bible also tells us to obey the laws of the land as long as they don't contradict God's word. In Georgia, it's illegal. And what you do with that is your business. I don't really care. Didn't get any amens on that, did I? I don't think there's anything wrong with marijuana. I think there's anything wrong with an edible. But when you can't function without those things, there's something wrong. When you can't be social with them, when you can't deal with the day-to-day stress of life without masking it with those things, you're being mastered by those things. 
Now, I don't find it relaxing. There's hypothetically speaking, maybe I've had an edible in my life. And maybe hypothetically, the one time that I tried an edible, Bubba didn't even know I tried an edible, and he came over to help me to get my fireplace fixed in my new house, and I couldn't even help Bubba with the fireplace because I was so paranoid that Bubba knew I had ate an edible, and I kept looking at Facebook because I had convinced myself that I had posted something on Facebook while I was eating said edible. So it was a lot of paranoia for me. I didn't really understand it. Now, I'm not going to. Now, somebody told me that if you smoke it, it's different than eating. I'm not going to tell you his name, but it's Speedy. And he told me there's a difference. There's a difference. But my point is this I'm not going to be mastered by anything. And we become mastered by certain things. This man became mastered by this wood. And it controls us. And so many of us are missing out on these things controlling our lives. So the question becomes, how do we become unmastered? I don't know what it is that's mastering you today. And it's fun, and I'm trying to take a tense subject and talk about things that make us laugh, but the reality is there's a lot of things that are really, really serious that have us mastered, and they're causing us to lose relationship, purpose, and the fulfillment we have in life. Some of you are so mastered by things that they take precedent over your family. No, they don't yet. You can say it all day long verbally, they don't. Your actions prove they do. Sometimes you're just addicted to things. Nicer things, it's more important. It's more important for me to work, 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 I can have a nicer car, nicer car, but I'm not going to worry about how my kids are. End of your life, your kid's not going to care how nice your truck was. Care how much time you spent with them. So how do we overcome this, Gary? First thing we're going to do, it sounds really simple. Step number one, we're going to admit we have a problem. Well, duh, man, you think duh. That's a hard one. How many of you ever dealt with an addict? Getting an addict to admit they have an addiction is almost impossible. You will never overcome eating cookies until you realize, man, I probably have an addiction. I went through Costco and realized I was ready to change my... Just remember this. I had Emily call Heather, my mother-in-law, and ask her, Heather, do you have a membership to Sam's? Because Christine had told me we're not having a membership to Costco and Sam's. So being the problem solver I am, I thought Heather had a membership to Sam's. But now Heather has a membership to Costco. Then I told Emily, this is how crooked I am. Because Heather will tell me no. She ain't going to tell Emily no. I said, Emily, Sam's. And when she asks why, you tell her because you like the cookies there. She won't think anything about it from a four-year-old. It worked, too. Heather agreed. Until you get to the point in your life where you can admit you have a problem, there's nothing anybody can do. Jeremiah 3.13 says, Only acknowledge your guilt. You have rebelled against the Lord your God. You have scattered your favors to foreign gods under every spinning tree. You have not obeyed me. Admit what you've done. I deal with addicts on the regular. I've seen Addicts literally losing everything. 
because they I don't have a problem. And here's how you know they have a problem. Well, I'm not like so and I get up and go to work every I pay my bills. I didn't, I didn't know being an alcoholic meant you didn't pay your bills. The fact is, when you get home, you can't function without alcohol. It admits you have a problem. God says, admit that you've rebelled against me. He said, admit you've committed idolatry by worshiping these idols. You were looking for something that only I can provide, and you were looking for it for someone else. I admit you got a problem. We're going to go through these quick because they're not, you don't even got to explain these. They're not complicated. I admit you got a problem. Step number two, quit feeding your fleshly desires. Quit feeding it. That's what we do. We feed it. Every time we want something, body image problem. And what do we do? Look at everybody on social media. They're filtered, perfectly angled. Say, why'd you go up there? Because that's I got like a triple chin like this. I don't have, and that's a natural way to take a picture. Look skinnier. Watch everybody being a fake, and we feed our desires that we don't line up. Watching some YouTube the other day. A supermodel on the cover of a magazine. And they were going through the process of how they got this model to look like she looked on the cover after they had taken the picture. Photoshop is amazing. I was blown away. It didn't even look like the person in the picture. But we feed it. Feed it. We want something we're like Nike, man. Just Galatians says, So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you do not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit. Our flesh wants exactly the opposite of what God wants. And the Spirit what contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other. So your flesh is in conflict with the But you may not do whatever you want. But if you're led by the Spirit, you're not in the law. Quit feeding the fleshly desires and start feeding your spiritual desires. Feed yourself healthy things. Healthy image. Quit feeding those desires. Step number three, stop rationalizing your behavior and making excuses. I'm stressed. I deserve these cookies. And ice cream. And chocolate muffins. And I love Pop-Tarts too. Strawberry ones with the frosting on the top. If you ever want to buy me some. And don't buy the off-brand Pop-Tarts, because I will slap that crap down. Okay? Some things you can buy the store brand, some things you can't. Addicts love to rationalize their behavior. This is probably the first month where I'm, it's my busy time, where I haven't been on edge to a 12. I've been like an 8. Normally I would be snappy at the kids and Christine and everybody. And I rationalize. It's my busy time. And then I just realized that January is my busy time. And February, and March, and April, and May, and June, and July, and August, September, October, November, December. It's all busy time. 
And I can always justify being an a-hole by being busy. Or I can quit making excuses and take accountability for myself. There's a story in Luke 14 where this guy's having a party, invites everybody to the party, and everyone comes up with excuses on why they can't come to the party. I just bought five yoke of oxen, I can't come. I just bought a field and I gotta go see the field. Can't come. Excuses. We make excuses. My favorite excuse is this. Ready? You just don't know what I've been through in life. Oh, cry me a freaking river. You've been through a rough life. Stand in line. I should do a series called Rough Life where I give everybody in this church five minutes because there's not a person here. I always like to think to myself, the most normal people in the church are probably Tom Hunt and Doug and Kathy Knight. They're normal. The rest of you are crazy. And I bet even Tom Hunt could get up here and share stories of what a rough life he's had. Matter of fact, I know it because I know some of the things he's dealt with in life. Doug and Kathy could get up and share things about a rough life. My point is this. You're not special because you've had a rough life. You're human if you've had a rough life. Life's tough. Quit rationalizing it and making excuses. Step four. This is huge. Bring your addiction out into the open. You will never overcome needing cookies until you quit secretly fighting the need to have cookies. Now I've went public with it. Now you see me at Costco sneaking some cookies. Well, they don't have them at Costco. If you see me at Sam's sneaking some cookies, and it's the Pillsbury cookies, too, that come in the big tub like this. So I don't know if it's the big tub that makes them awesome, because you can get the little tub at Walmart, and it's not as good as the big tub. I think when so much goes into the big tub, it makes them better, because I've tried the little tub. Okay, it don't work. It's the big tub only that works. So now that I've brought that into the open, you can keep me accountable. Gary, are you buying them cookies, fat boy? You know what I mean? Proverbs twenty-eight thirteen. Whoever conceals their... Who has them? Christmas coming. Don't, 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 listen. Whoever conceals their sins does not prosper. Whoever conceals their sin... You're saying it's sin. I'm saying if anything's controlling you but God, it's sin. For him to know it to do good and do it not, it is sin. I didn't write that. That's the B-I-B-L-E. Take it up with God. Whoever conceals their sins does not prosper. But the one who confesses and renounces, finds mercy. I know a guy who struggled with gambling for a long time. We knew he struggled with gambling. He never told us he struggled with gambling. He kept struggling. Then one day he told us all he was struggling with gambling. He don't gamble anymore. Why? Because there's something powerful about bringing it out into the open. I don't know what it is. It's just magical. To let the world know when you finally just verbalize it. I'm an addict. This controls me. It's one of the most freeing things ever. Because when you conceal it, you don't want to prosper. There's power in letting other people know. They provide accountability. It's actually one of the messages I'm teaching next week in Friendsgiving. Friends bring you about accountability. They walk alongside of you. Let people hold you accountable. Let people support you. And they can't do that if you don't know you're dealing with it. And last and I'm done. We're going to depend on God's power and never yours. 
2 Corinthians, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought and we make it obedient to Christ. You will not overcome your self-image issues on your own. You will not overcome your hurt, your habits, your hang-up. You will not overcome um, your overeating issues, your drinking issues, your drug issues, um, whatever, whatever it is. Your hurt, your habits, your hang-up, that should cover it all. You'll never overcome those without the power of God because the flesh is weak. The flesh is weak, and he's strong. We don't wage war. I watch people wage war with their addictions who don't have a God, and I'm thinking to myself, you're never going to overcome it. You might overcome it temporarily, but God's got to take that desire away. God's got to replace that part. You've got to take the lie and make it obedient to Christ. Well, as you mastered. The other thing that had me mastered for a long time, and some of you are going to say it still does, but, but you don't know how far I've come in this area, is my ego. For a long time, my ego. It's funny, we started a t-shirt company, and the first thing was, you're not going to sit back there and make t-shirts, and no one knows who. Listen, I'm 45 Everyone's known who I am my whole life. I love just sitting back there making t-shirts. I love not having to be on while I make t-shirts. I love not having to be Gary and pumping everyone up. To walk around the pouring rain, you're saying pump up vendors. It's going to be awesome. It's raining. Yeah. It ain't going to be freaking awesome. It's going to suck. But you're going to make more money today than you'd stay in at home. Man, my ego, everyone had to know who I was. Now I like walking into, we, we go on dates outside of Canton because just where we can walk into places where people don't know who we are. So freeing because I'm not controlled by my ego anymore. I, I, I submit that, but I have to submit it all the time to God. Paul said I die daily. Paul never gives, an, uh, he never goes public with what his issue is. I have speculation on it. I'm not going to get into that. But I think he didn't go into it where he would know whatever it is that controls it. He said, I die to it daily. I die to myself daily. One thing I agree, I'm not, I don't agree with everything of these addictions. One thing is, you take one day at a time. I'm never going to gamble again. How about I'm not going to gamble today? I'm never going to do drugs again. How about you're not going to do them today? What's the old saying, the quickest way to eat ele- Elephant. One bite at a time. One bite at a time. I watched this thing the other day on TikTok. Yeah, I watched TikTok. Huge bowl of cereal, some kind of cereal challenge. And I think it was 50 bowls of cereal. And if you could eat it, you got you won something. And these guys had tried like three times and couldn't do it. The fourth time, they brought a single bowl with them. And they would take the big bowl and pour it into the single bowl and eat the one bowl. And that'd get done, they'd pour the cereal into the bowl and eat the second bowl. And then mofos ate 50 bowls of cereal, one at a time. They said it was too intimidating when they saw the big bowl. The cereal started getting soggy and gross and lukewarm with the milk. 
And they said, but one bowl at a time. They said, we could have ate more than the 50. You know what makes me mad about that? They were skinny. Man. You say it's too big, Gary. We need to be like David when David fought Goliath. He never looked at Goliath and said, he's too big. He looked at him and said, he ain't bigger than God. Looked at Goliath, looked at God. Looked at Goliath, looked at God. Everybody else looked at Goliath and said, he's too big. David looked at him and said, he's not as big as God. If God's not bigger than your hurt, have been hanging up, then he's a little God. The problem's not God, the problem's your faith in God. God's big enough to deliver you from whatever it is. You're haunted by the things that master you. You're haunted by the things that control you. And anything that comes before God is an addiction. And anything that comes before God in the long run will never come out good for you. Let's pray.